When it arrains, it pours. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. Donald Trump made the history only he's capable of this week, entering his plea on a 38-count federal indictment under the Espionage Act, following, of course, his 31-count fraud indictment in Manhattan, and preceding what are all but the all but certain upcoming local and federal indictments for his dictatorial ambitions surrounding January 6th. He may have his own appointee in this first federal case, but let me tell you, the world is watching Judge Eileen Cannon. And Jack Smith has options. We're going to dive into all of them. And while they claim to honor God, the GOP refuses to stop worshiping at the golden altar of Donald Trump. They are as dangerous as their criminal dear leader, calling the DOJ's extremely restrained and deferential treatment of defendant Trump a weaponized justice system and refusing to remove the loyalty pledge to support Trump if he's the nominee as a condition to participating in Republican primary debates. The banana republic is the GOP party. Up is down, freedom is tyranny, justice is political persecution. We're going to shine a light on some real injustice in Cuba, and the artists who are warning us what repression looks like around the world if we don't stop these wannabe dictators while we can. Well, I have an incredible artist joining me today, the host of the Tell Me Everything podcast, actor, comedian, and dare I say Christian, the one and only John Fugelsang. John, welcome to Lights On. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. Thanks. Yeah, Tell Me Everything is the name of the Sirius XM show, but my podcast has my name, which is harder to say. And uh, and I don't know I don't know if the Pope would still consider me a Christian, but I, I think I'm a, a, a huge Jesus fan who's read the Bible. That's what I would describe myself as. Okay, well, thank you for that correction. And I, I came to know you, and because I was living under a rock, I will honestly admit I was not super familiar with you before. That's okay. We met at this sexy liberal uh, concert um, headlined by Stephanie Miller in Los Angeles. And I, I watched your bit on Christianity and I was just like, oh, my God, here is somebody saying and preaching what I say all the time. This right wing fascist GOP party. They are not Christian. They do not follow the teachings of Jesus. They do not exemplify anything outlined in the gospel. Why are we giving them and allowing them to hold this banner of Christianity? I think I think you're being a little too easy on them. I, th I think you need to be a little tougher. Um, I would actually say that they legislate against the teachings of Jesus. I would say that Jesus is for our modern American Christian nationalist fundamentalists. Jesus is a prop they wave around to boast about their piety and virtue, uh, while not just ignoring his teachings, but legislating against them. The greatest plot Satan ever pulled on this country was convincing three generations of Christians that criminalizing abortion rights had anything to do with the teachings of uh, this 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 homeless, brown-skinned Jewish carpenter from the Middle East. Um, the fact that they have convinced Christians to think that Christianity means putting women in jail for something the Bible never forbids, punishing poor women with greater poverty, having the state be able to force a woman to carry and bear her rapist child. The actual teachings of this character, and again, to our atheist friends, you don't need to believe in any of this. That's the nice thing. You don't need to believe in the Bible, but you can thump the Bible thumpers with the Bible. And you know, when you actually go through the book, uh, Jesus commands us to 
welcome the stranger. The only law about borders or immigration in the Bible is to welcome the stranger in both testaments. Jesus overturns the death penalty. Jesus says to pay your taxes. He commands <clears throat> individuals and nations to take care of the poor, to take care of the sick, to be kind to those in prison. It's sort of uh, the opposite of the entire GOP agenda. And, you know, I just was somebody who had an abnormally Christian upbringing, and I got tired of seeing my parents' religion prostituted by these uh, grifters and frauds. Yeah, I think, like you said, you don't have to believe in Christianity. That is your right, and and we welcome everybody here on Lights On. But I just, I am so sick as a Christian of, like you said, these people who are really living the Antichrist. And yeah. I, I used to be subjected, John, I used to believe this propaganda. I used to believe that these were the people of faith and that therefore they should be trusted. Know, we should vote for their, um, you know, their political choices. And it is now that I am awake, I am so, I don't want to say I'm not surprised, but I am, I'm awakened and I try to use this platform as much as I can to disrobe that false cover because there's so many people out there who just don't look beyond, oh, Christian Republican check. Yeah. These are people we can trust. These are people living living the faith, and um, and they, like you said, are just doing the opposite of the work of Jesus yeah. Christ. And, and and like all of us, you know, let's be fair. They they were groomed to be this way. Yeah. Um, we make a big mistake if we allow ourselves to hate them. You know, you sort of have to you have to hate the hate, not hate the hater. Because I was a terribly homophobic teenager. I never got it from my parents. My parents weren't homophobic, but like most people, uh, most guys, I was raised by my peer group from age 12 on. And, you know, for many, many, many generations, most generations of humanity, homophobia wasn't just common. It was sanctioned by God, right? Like I was taught to believe that hating gay people, that that's something God allows you to do. You know, they'll teach you on one day that Christ commands you to love the least of these and to treat the least of his people as you would treat him. But then the next day, hey, here's Leviticus. They never get to the part where Jesus brings about a new covenant and you don't live under Leviticus anymore. And that's why Christians can drop the homophobia and enjoy some bacon once in a while. But I grew up as a teenage homophobe. Uh, horribly. And I thought it was okay. It's morally sanctioned. I'm doing the right thing by hating. And you've seen this tribalism. Uh, 20 years ago, the moral Christian thing was to hate Muslims, or the moral Christian thing this year is to hate undocumented immigrants. This year, the moral Christian thing is to hate trans children who want to play sports. And it's all a racket. And the great thing is the, the good news of Jesus is that you have to drop the hate. John, you and I could probably spend hours on this subject alone, <laughs> but we are going to we're going to you know, this is what I'm going to attempt to do with you, because I have this whole theory on Trump and justice that is very aligned with the biblical concepts of repentance and salvation and atonement. So I'm going to try to draw you into that while I give our viewers the latest on what's going on with the Trump arraignment, because this is, of course, what has consumed the news this week. And we have so many, so many components to consider. First of all, Trump, of course, pleads not guilty to this arraignment. He is released without any bond conditions, without any conditions at all. The magistrate judge, even in the proceeding without Jack Smith's team, um, even wanting any bond conditions set for him, the, the magistrate judge is like, wait a minute, we need some conditions here. I am at least ordering you not to talk to your um, fellow co-defendant about this case or other witnesses. The guy you're giving a ride to, to the Cuban restaurant. And don't leave out the fact that this is a man who owns a private jet who was allowed to keep his passport. 
Yes, exactly. And you, I mean, you can, there are so many comparisons that we could make. One, just, you know, recent history comparison is the case of Reality Winner, who yeah. was charged with one, taking one classified document and disseminating. She didn't spend a day out of federal prison until until she was le- released on good behavior. Right, uh, Snowden. She did her time. That's right. She was the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so the magistrate judge in Trump's arraignment says, OK, at least we're going to have these minimal conditions. I think this goes to, you know, Jack Smith's team just treating Trump with kid gloves. You know, the GOP is out there saying even even oh, these people make me so sick, John, you know, Mike Pence, the, the I mean, where this man has no courage, no character whatsoever. Oh, no. He, he is trying to like gently go from Trump shouldn't be prosecuted is so divisive to um well there's a lot of evidence there and the DOJ and the FBI are weaponized I know but 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 this week was the pivot I mean this week you're seeing more and more of them are getting but more and more of them are getting off the train now and we can all be mad and say oh what did you did you make it to Harry Potter book seven before you realized Voldemort was the bad guy how many books did it take for you to real how many Star Wars films did you sit through until you realized Darth Vader was the villain was it three but again you know what it, it it doesn't matter like chris christie embraced donald trump for totally selfish reasons chris Absolutely. christie abandons donald trump for totally selfish reasons same with lindsey graham none of them have changed it's no. a cult of selfishness Absolutely. so we can't let it make us crazy with their hypocrisy we just have to notice these rats are leaving the ship yes notice they're leaving but like you said notice how many opportunities they missed oh, and yeah that they continue. I mean, I think Pence and Haley are are really on this train. Oh, but the DOG and the FBI are still weaponized. They're weaponized. They're not Pence weaponized. Had, Pence had the greatest line. I got to I got to hand it to Pence. He actually he I, this was very smart. I used this. He said the charges in the indictment I can't defend. And it's actually a great question to ask our Republican coworkers and friends and loved ones. Like, let's say the charges are true. <laughs> Can you defend them? Because you'll notice our Republican friends in the right wing media, they're not defending Trump at all. They're either pushing this meme about the Presidential Records Act that will be dropped tomorrow, or they're just saying Hillary and Biden and Pence did it, too. They're not actually defending what Trump did. And I don't really understand why the Democratic Party is not making a lot more noise about the fact that Donald Trump endangered the lives of a lot of U.S. troops. Yeah. Not only and he made a lot of noise. And to me, when I hear anybody else not not just come all the way out and and say what Donald Trump did was wrong. He's dangerous. The FBI is not weaponized. The DOJ is not weaponized. They are giving sanction to stochastic terrorism. It's not just Donald Trump that is enabling these bad actors or inspiring them. It is the other people that are not able to come forward without any kind of qualifications and say, no, this is not a banana republic. This is actually a very restrained. And I mean, he was indicted on those 31 national defense documents. There were nearly 200 that were originally found at Mar-a-Lago. You know, but that's really important because Donald Trump had those 197 other files at his home. And then those are the ones he sent back. And those were not legal for him to have. Just like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and Mike Pence had stuff they weren't supposed to have. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Here it is, search the house. Only Trump obstructed. Only Trump lied. Trump lied to his own lawyers. I mean, 
look at the guy. You know he lies to his doctor. But now we know from the timeline he lied to Evan Corcoran as well, his own attorney. And so when you think about it, they chose not to indict him for those 197 files he gave back. If he had just given all the files back, this wouldn't be happening. And he could still sue the government claiming they were his. Absolutely. He's defiant until the end. I mean, I will never forget in 2016, after the first debate, walking into the residence of Trump Tower, which is where the senior staff would wait for the Trump plane. And I was invited to ride on the plane that day. And I walked up and Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller are standing next to each other. And Stephen Miller says to Steve Bannon, we have a candidate who doesn't listen. And this is the man who he's always been. They've all known that this is who he is. Chris Christie knew it when he joined the Trump campaign after he lost in the primary in 2016. You know, all of the people now who have come out. And I, of course, you know, you don't know a ton of my history, John, but I I have taken, like I say on the show, I've taken full stock of my vast ignorance as to who this man was. I know. And you got to stop saying that. You got it. You got it. We, we, we know. But I mean, you're doing the work like are you. you I, <laughs> Listen, I, I, I get the mea culpa. I'm Catholic. I feel guilt about everything, okay? But, like, you're doing the Lord's work, and you got to give yourself equal. Thank you. Thank you. No. Because, I, no. As one of our friends and loved ones hatch out of the matrix, we can't be like I told you so to them. we got to say, thank God, we love you. Let's go beat some fascists up. Yeah, absolutely. And I always separate the supporters from the politicians. Like, you sure, know, you the, the, the people out there who are inundated with Fox 24-7 or Newsmax, yeah. whatever it is, they are victims. They you are in a separate the con men from the suckers. You have to. They are in a cycle of abuse as as ignorant as they may be sometimes, as bigoted of views as they may embrace. You have to understand that the inundation of propaganda that they are subjected to and these kind of very cultish communities that are sometimes in the faith community that they subscribe to. Exactly but, right. but but do not give a pass to the politicians. Do not give a pass to them. As far as I'm concerned, if any Republican, uh, you know, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie, if they want to really join the cause for democracy today, join the Democratic Party. Because yeah, exactly this right. And we have to remember, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, they all would vote 100 percent the same way Donald Trump would. They took issues with none of his policies. OK, so they're all virtually the same. But I, I, that whole notion of what you said about how the candidate who wouldn't listen. I mean, ultimately, that's been the real blessing. Right. Because we have, ironically, Tom Fitton to thank. Yeah, you the he's guy the who, Trump listened to. He's the man who is to law what Clarence Thomas is, uh, Clarence Darrow was to extra, extra small party boy disco shirts. Um, Donald Trump paid $3 million to Christopher Keiss up front because Keiss made him pay him up front because he knows. And and Keiss said, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to go see Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland doesn't want to be the first attorney general in history to indict a former president. No one wants to carry that. Let me go try and make this easy for him and we'll work something out. Donald Trump paid that man $3 million to give him that advice. But Tom Fitton showed up and said, no, 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 uh, Bill Clinton. We had this case against Bill Clinton 10 years ago with his sock drawer and we lost. You should use that argument. And that's exactly what happened. The Clinton sock drawer presidential records argument which will be a news cycle for Fox for about two days before it is disappeared and forgotten as a strategy. And so literally Tom Fitton, who is not a lawyer, he just plays one in Trump's mind, gave him this advice. We have this cosplay attorney to thank for this entire indictment because Donald Trump will not listen to the smart person. He will listen to the loudest, most confident, arrogant person in the room. That's how Steve Bannon has a gig. 
That's exactly. That's exactly. This is this is what I tell our viewers, our luminaries. He keeps around him, and this is obvious. The people who tell him what he wants to hear. That's yeah. why most of his legal team is gone. That's why Boris Epstein is still there. Um, right. I know and, Boris. By the way, I go back with Boris. You do? Okay, we both know Boris. <laughs> How do you know him? I am doing specials at Sirius XM with him. Ah, okay, okay. And I always wondered what would have happened if he had used his talents for good. Yeah, no kidding. No, I mean, it, this is this is one of these these things that people need to understand. Like, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, Boris is a charming, nice guy, right? Boris, I mean, he's very smart. He's smart. He was always, I will tell you, I went through some serious hell on that Trump campaign. I've never spoken about this before, actually. I mean, I had, you know, serious slander. I was banned from Trump Tower. I was accused of federal crimes. Um, Boris Epstein, believe it or not, was one of the kinder people to me on that campaign. Um, again, I did not know his background, and I know a lot more about him now than I did then. But just from a purely, like, interpersonal standpoint, yeah, Boris Epstein was not a personally offensive to me. I still, I still get along with Boris, uh, in spite of you know his uh, full embrace of, of of fascism. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so sad. It's so sad. Not, I mean, I'm not into having enemies, you know. And um, I think we can completely debate uh, reality and issues and morality without bullshitting each other, and um, and still keep it respectful. Yeah, I'm counting on that actually. So you know, that's that's my whole mission in life, and I deal with it all the time on the air and with callers as well. I mean, you know, and again, what's amazing is if you look back to the Iraq War period, let's go back 20 years. George W. Bush was uh, very popular after 9/11. So popular he could sell this war. So popular that after everyone knew he had lied us into war and there were no WMDs and American troops were being slaughtered, he still managed to eke out a re-election. And, you know, all the, the liberals and Democrats and moderates and sane Republicans and libertarians who spent all those years telling our Republican friends, George W. Bush is a millionaire at birth who dodged Vietnam and lied our way into war. He's not a good guy. This is there's no reason to invade Iraq. It's a racket. And they hated us. And then when we were proven right, they hated us more. But then when Trump came along. In 2015 and 2016, he said in the debates, George W. Bush lied you into war. And it was Donald Trump coming along as a new cult leader who gave Republicans permission to cast Bush aside, throw Bush under the bus. You try to find a MAGA person who will defend George W. Bush in the Iraq war now. 20 years ago, they would hate you for speaking the truth about it. But once Trump spoke the truth, they were mentally allowed to accept it. And now they just they, now they'll they'll call you a warmonger. Now they'll pretend they never questioned your patriotism for supporting that unholy evil war in Iraq. It, it, Donald Trump will be dethroned by another younger, stronger, more charismatic strongman cult leader at some point. Yeah, he's they idolize him. And that's what allows him to, like you said, allow and give sanction to things they the Santa Monica ambulance. That's me. Yeah, I guess that's it. It, it can't be the deep state because you know Democrats are running it, and uh, I got my Soros, I have my Soros cash to buy them off. We had the deep state at the top of this show with all the noise <laughs> in the background. <laughs> um, but no, I mean that. Yeah, two things. One, it allows them. Yeah, they have really no. They have no principled foundation. The GOP, which D G Donald Trump completely exposed with them. Well, they, they used to, right? I mean, it used to, the family values. Remember that. 
Kind of. Yes, but I, this is part of the thing. See, I'm with David Korn on this. I think that they've they've been a fraud for for decades. Yes. And, and Trump yes. just exposed them. He just exposed them. He exposed the rot. He exposed the the hypocrisy, the corruption, the filth, yeah. the anti Christianity. I mean, he exposed all of this. And then he colluded with them. And then he got them to give him his way. And then you know the same because again, you're right. They believe in nothing. Lindsey Graham believes in nothing. Mitch McConnell, they have no ideology beyond power. And so they'll work with Trump if that serves them, or they'll throw him over the edge of the bus. I'm not a Democrat, but Democrats are the exact, Democrats can't wait to kick you out if you sin. I mean, Al Franken never got an investigation. Democrats mm -hmm. eject them, Republicans reelect them. <laughs> Democrats can't wait for you to be corrupt so they can give up on you. Republicans, yeah. they, they just keep on doubling down on it. Yeah, yeah, and meanwhile, they're in 24-7 propaganda mode to tell you that the Democrats are corrupt, the Democrats are pedophiles, the Democrats are all these things, that they really are. They really are. Yeah. Uh, John, let's be, fair. let's be fair. There can be plenty of pedophile Democrats as well. Can we be egalitarian about this? Come on. Let's stand up for the pedophile Democrats. I just think there's more Democratic pedophiles in Congress. Can we, can, we, can we establish that as a baseline in elected office? You far elected Democrat pedophiles? Maybe I'm, not. Maybe not. I'm just thinking of the longest serving Republican Speaker of the House in congressional history, um, Mr. Hastert. You know, like, I, again, it's like this is always there. But I, I think with fundamentalist Christianity, it's worse. You know, I mean, fundamentalist is what ruins all the world's great religions. When, when atheists are, and I love atheists, I believe in them. Some of the best Christians I know are atheists. But when atheists say, oh, religion is all the oppression of women and homophobia and violence. No, 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 no. The overwhelming majority of liberal or moderate Christians, Muslims, and Jews are getting along just fine right now and being nice and groovy to each other. But it's the fundamentalists of every religion, the extreme, not the nice conservative people, the extreme far right wing of every religion. I don't care which one, they're all the same. Women are always second class citizens. Extreme conservative, Jewish, Hindu, Christian, Muslim. Women are second class citizens. Gay is bad. Sex is only for procreation. Violence is good if my side does it. And uh, other religions are allowed to exist, but I'm in the only true one. The more right wing you are in your religion, the more you believe those five things. And uh, ironically, conservative Muslims, uh, uh, conservative, uh, Right-wing Christians, I should say, have more in common, more in common right with Muslims than they do with liberal or moderate Christians. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a um, it's a dogmatic religious kind of tendency that I think exists, like you said, in many in many faiths. But the the scary scary thing is that in this country, it is that extremism that, like you said, like we started at the top of the show, doesn't even have actual ties to Christianity that is governing things like restricting abortion access, overturning Roe, that I think, John, and correct me if I'm wrong from your knowledge of this, but I think the whole abortion, it was just like, it was a political tool that they used maybe maybe it started in the 80s with these evangelical leaders looking for an issue that they could just you know ramp up support among the base yeah, and they exactly decided right. to use abortion i'm yeah. not because it has any actual nexus to christianity but just because they could make people afraid you know make people scared and make people think that there's people out there killing babies yeah. you know and somehow link that to the gospel which it has no link to no link at all. The only thing I would correct you on is that it was in the mid 70s, not the exactly. 80s. Okay. But, you know, the Republican Party was a little bit adrift in the 70s because after the Civil Rights Act of 64 is when all the right wing racists 
went one way and all the, you either went to Republicans for the conservatives or to the Democratic Party for the more. I mean, we still had liberal Republicans through the 70s into the early 80s. But after civil rights, Jerry Falwell, you know, who built white own whites only schools. Jerry Falwell was a hardcore segregationist. Ronald yeah. Reagan made a segregationist the chief justice of the Supreme Court in the 80s. But after civil rights, they couldn't use white supremacy anymore, especially after the assassination of King. And then Nixon ruined the GOP brand, as you know. So it was not until four years after Roe v. Wade was ruled on that Jerry Falwell gave his first ever speech condemning abortion. When Roe v. Wade was first decided, there was no national outcry. It wasn't that big a deal. My mother is an ex-nun but she's also a nurse. And my parents would never vote for any anti-abortion candidate. They didn't like abortion. They would never call themselves pro-choice, but they remembered what it was like, especially my mom in emergency rooms before Roe v. Wade. So when Roe v. Wade was first decided, it wasn't that controversial. It wasn't until the late 70s that these Falwells realized we can't use the racism, but we can use this. Here's how we will get hardworking white conservative people to vote to do nothing for them but get taxes cut for real for rich people reagan ran with it he was the perfect poster boy for it and again the bible is not against abortion life begins with first breath in the book of genesis god makes it very clear in exodus that a fetus is property and a woman's life has more value in his eye than a fetus god drowns every fetus and pregnant lady on earth one day just because he feels like it and if y'all think that god really cares a lot about uh you know, innocent life. Let me tell you about Passover. In Numbers chapter five, God gives really specific abortion tips for pregnant, unfaithful wives. So, you know, you can argue against abortion all you want. I respect your right to do it. But don't claim it has anything to do with Jesus's religion of Judaism, because the Bible's not against it. Judaism's not against it. Ask a rabbi sometime. Abortions are legal and free in Israel right now. And I'm waiting for Democrats to start talking about that stuff because the Christianity is just a camouflage for it some of these right-wing people. And, and abortion has been a very useful tool for over 40 years. It absolutely is. It, it, it was a tool to, to stack the federal judiciary. And along with this, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, as they always say, the greatest achievement, if you can call it that, of Trump's presidency was stacking the federal judiciary and why a lot of quote unquote conservatives who apparently think stripping women of bodily autonomy is a conservative position um, supported him throughout all of these other, uh, you know, extreme authoritarian maneuvers that he took, which I is also to me not exemplary of a Christian perspective. You don't yeah. give a pass. You don't give a pass to someone who is so abusive on one hand because they're doing other things that are helpful to you. You know, Jesus overthrew the tables of the money changers. He called out people who were acting against God's will um, and were motivated by greed and power. That was the life work of Jesus Christ. And so, he brought you know, a new covenant. So we don't live under Leviticus anymore. Yeah, no, uh, yes. He overturned the death penalty. I mean, Jesus, over Jesus overturned the Moses divorce laws. He challenged Old Testament laws on food purity and Sabbath observance, and he opposed the death penalty. He overturns eye for an eye in the Sermon on the Mount. I yes. mean, I, I always ask my Republican friends and callers to our SiriusXM show to please cite one actual Jesus teaching the Republican Party has fought for in the last 30 years. And the first thing they'll say is abortion. And then I'll say that's not in the Bible. The next thing they'll say is uh, a strong border. 
And I'll say, uh, no, the Jesus commands you to welcome the stranger. That's the only law about borders in the Bible. The third thing they'll say is he moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. And that's when I've got to tell them that Jesus never mentions the U.S. Embassy or America in the entire <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that I am crystal clear on, and and I and I I admire the efforts that are out there. I don't know if you've heard about this group, Christians Against Christian Nationalism. Yeah, I have. I'm like I'm like close guys, close, but please stop saying Christian nationalism because nationalism isn't well. Nationalism isn't Christian, so don't even. I think nomenclature is so important. I mean, I talk about how I was deluded just by this concept of freedom. You know, Fox yeah. News says freedom, 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 freedom all day long. And I'm like, I love freedom. I don't want anybody to touch my freedom. So I'm going to go with the freedom people. No, I'm with you. But I mean, Fox News, Fox News itself is a contradiction. I mean, Fox News of is course. an oxymoron. So why not Christian nationalism? Well, no, but 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 I'm saying that those of us fighting against it should yeah. not give them that cover. Okay? I mean, I, I use a lot of terms. I call them fundamentalists a lot of the yeah. times. I'll call them Pharisees a lot of times. But I mean, Christian nationalists seems to be in the vogue now, and it's probably more accurate and, and more fair than white supremacist, which was uh, getting pretty popular there for a while, too. Well, I think there's an, definitely an overlap in the people that call themselves Christian nationalists oh, yes. and white supremacists, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, you look, I mean, how, how do you how do you defend the Confederate flag? Yeah. How do you defend monuments honoring white supremacist generals who took up arms against the United States to keep people as pets? Like, how, how do you do that and then come talking to me about about the gospel? So I find the, the two most useful questions I have with with Trump's defenders. Uh, number one, number one is give me one teaching of Jesus he's ever fought for. And then you'll find out how little they've read the Bible. And then I always ask this question and it's a little obnoxious, but I want to recommend it because it'll save a lot of time. Just uh, just try ask us out. If you, you if you sense you're getting into a real argument with someone on the right, just ask him early on. Very politely, could you tell me, please, where was Barack Obama born? And that will save you a lot of time. Because there are people, even though Donald Trump admitted Barack Obama was born here in September of 2016, there are still people who will cling to that lie and defend it to this day. Because the news they watch never told them that Donald Trump admitted Barack Obama was born here. No, and, and it was, I will tell you, as someone who was on that campaign when he admitted that Donald Trump was or that Barack Obama was born here, yeah. it was it was understood on that campaign and among his supporters that that was just a concession for the campaign. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we get it. He has to say that. So you know what, try asking because you know what they'll say? They'll say, well, uh, he claims to have been born in Hawaii and I see no reason to disbelieve him. Uh, I, I understand he was he says he, they'll, they'll do anything they can do. To, I don't know where he was born. I don't know where he was born. I, there's a lot of different things up. They'll do anything to just come out and, and say it. And that was to me, that was the original sin of, of the campaign. That was the clear sign that ignorant racists are ignorant when they're being racist. And it was the clear sign that the mainstream media was not going to take this seriously because that should have been the end of that campaign. Yeah, I've been I've been really transparent, actually never on lights on. So if this may be new for our viewers, but I have been really transparent um, in another interview prior to even starting this podcast about having bought into those lies. And yeah. and I yeah, I mean that's but, why you're a hero. <laughs> thanks. But I want to tell you, and I'm gonna explain this again. This is this is new to lights on. It it I mean I'm like of half Hispanic origin, I'm mixed race. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I have a racist bone in my body. I'm someone who has looked out for the underdog and the oppressed and marginalized my whole life. So I'm telling you that just as a premise to tell you how even like 
friends of mine who are from all different places, I knew Trump supporters to believe this Me lie too. too. Me right. Too. So it's, it is not it is not something that unfortunately only white people were propagandized. into. Oh, I know. I know. But that's authoritarianism. Yes, it is. It is. And it's. A, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I to me, this is how they framed it for me to latch on to it. Not, oh, this is racist. You know, he we're saying he, he wasn't born here because he's black or because he's from, you know, well, of course, no. from Africa or whatever. Yeah. No, they they framed it as he doesn't have an allegiance to this country, right? We need to really look into this because this Barack Obama guy, his allegiances are not here. And we all and we we understand that that because we're telling you 24 seven how that how Barack Obama put yourself back in my mind, you know, to 10 years ago, watching Fox News every day. Barack Obama was the one to be dictator. He was one of us. He's not one of us. He just just seems like he look at that name and it's he might be Muslim and it seems like he's just not one of us. And that's the but difference that's between bigotry and racism. But I'm telling you, John, like, I didn't even see it that way. This is what's so I know, oh, I know, I know. It's, it's so I, insidious. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as, okay, first of all, they're telling us this guy wants to be a dictator. They're, this is another thing I've never said. They convinced people in my family that, that Barack Obama was going to create a national emergency to stay in office. I mean, I that know. is how extreme their rhetoric was. Oh, I know. And so it still is, they, by the way. Yeah, Joe, oh, Joe Biden. Joe yes. Biden is a, a a tyrannical dictator and a feeble dementia patient who can't put his pants on. Oh, and that all it all makes me so sick. Barack Obama was an amateur in over his head and a socialist mastermind. Yes, yeah, socialist. Again, this is exactly. my family. It's my yeah. family too, Jessica. It's my loved ones and friends too. Yeah. I mean, when you get this in your head all day, all day, no one wants to be evil or spread lies, but you get convinced. They appeal to your heart and they appeal to your fear, and that's they what appeal does to your fear. They appeal to your fear. So to for for me, I didn't. Ignorantly, blindly, I didn't see the racist nexus. Then, of course, I have had a massive reckoning over the past several years of all of the the dog whistles and really just blatant screams to the racist. People call it woke, don't you think? I think that's why I think that's why some African Americans use the term woke to explain becoming conscious of that. And and exactly, yeah. Yeah. But but all I was going to say is they they had you so afraid. Of, of what he was doing to this country, like you said, the fear-motivated um, propaganda. And that was enough for me to think, okay, maybe this guy doesn't really have allegiances to this country. Maybe yeah. his allegiances really are somewhere else. And that's the only reason why we should care where he was born. Exactly. Isn't that evil? It was a, it was a whole operation. It wasn't just what, yeah, but it's it's fascism one hundred and one. This is how this is how these authoritarians keep rising. And usually it's it's this playbook. They'll they'll tell the majority that they are under siege by a minority that's actually quite powerless. Maybe yeah. it's Jews. Maybe it's undocumented immigrants. Maybe it's trans kids. Maybe it's refugees at the border. Uh, but your way of life is threatened by this tiny powerless part of the population. I mean, the Khmer Rouge did it with in, in, educated people. And then they'll come out and say, oh, and only I can protect you from this tiny part of the population that's not actually a threat. And that's how they get into power. They're, I mean, George W. Bush was reelected because of gay marriage. They, they, they're, they beat John Kerry by saying traditional marriage is under threat. And then, it, you know, but two years before that, it was the Muslims. Two years after that, it was the illegals. I love hearing Christians call Christian refugees illegals. <laughs> 
But you know, and again, it all you're right, it always plays on fear. And in Christ, I, there are no foreigners, John. I mean, this is this, I know, this, right? I mean, Christianity is supposed to be a sanctuary city. Yeah. But like I have people in my life who I love who fall prey to this, and they're not bigots. You know, yeah, racism know. doesn't mean you're a bigot. Racism means you bought into the bullshit and spread it. Yeah. And we all do that. And we all have to try to break out of it. But haters are the problem. I'm all about the separation of church and hate. I know that there's so many good people out there. Look, how many how many Republicans do we know who've come around on LGBTQ rights in the last 20 years or come around on decriminalizing cannabis? Right. I mean, you know, evolution is real. It does happen. Our conservatives now are much nicer than they were 30 years ago. Yes. Yes. And that's what, like I told you, I was going to try to bring our conversation full circle. Like I always say, if there's, if you are living and breathing, there is a, there is hope for you for redemption, for yes. awakening, for salvation. Um, we all have, even the very worst of seeming of human character have that potential for redemption. And I let's agree. just talk about that in the, for a minute in the, in the context of Eileen Cannon, why don't we? Okay, let's what do a it. Beautiful, what a beautiful opportunity for Judge Eileen Cannon to redeem herself. Yes, um, and I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if she does too. I, I think she got the message getting smacked down by the 11th Circuit. Yeah, and you know that 11th Circuit, that three-judge panel that, uh, that, that smacked her down. Two of them are Trump appointees themselves. I always mm -hmm. like to point that out so that people can understand there is hope and there is an expectation that people are not, uh, that judges are not making decisions based on who appointed them to, to their post. But based I mean, on some of these people head. were going to law school before this racist billionaire at birth reality TV landlord got into politics. Yes, they had their ideologies fixed and Donald Trump didn't create their their value system. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. Thank God. But she's so out of the gate. We have these we have a couple things that are happening yesterday. She issued this order saying, you know, lawyers get your clearances in a pretty quick timeline. She had one deadline today. She wants uh, something else uh, turned into her by the 20th about compliance with this order that, that lawyers have, um, have, have gotten their clearances. And, um, and then today, this is brand new, uh, the Jack Smith team filed a motion for a protective order on the discovery documents. Mm -hmm. And a um, couple of really significant things. First of all, they say in, in this that it includes information pertaining to ongoing investigations, which could compromise those investigations and identify uncharged individuals. So a lot of, um, you know, you know, we're just is getting- that? Is that witness tampering? What are they really saying there? That's not witness tampering. What are they saying there? Well, they're saying, I think, that there's still uncharged individuals in this probe and witnesses that haven't been identified to the public. Um, yes. And so they went. But here's so here's what happened. So first of all, Judge Eileen Cannon referred it to the magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt, who was the one who signed the FBI search warrant. So she's going very by the book. She's like, OK, magistrate judge, you handle this. I'm not going to interfere with this. And also, um, it, it's, it appears to be, I don't want to say a consent motion because I know in legal jargon that is a particular kind of motion. I don't think this was a consent motion, but there is an indication that, um, that Trump's legal team did not oppose this. So they're actually on board, but here's the kicker. If, if Donald Trump does not comply with this, 
if he does decide um, now he can only if the judge magistrate judge does sign this order, Donald Trump will only be able to view discovery documents that may be classified that may pertain to national defense information in the presence of his lawyers. He cannot walk away with these documents, take them home, post them on Truth Social, anything else. He can only view them in the presence of his lawyers. And if there is any kind of um, failure to comply with this order, should it be signed, um, then he will be subject to possible contempt. That's that's like dangling uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, isn't it? They're just like giving Donald Trump more rope if, if they need it to hang himself. Yeah, because as going back to our theme, he doesn't listen. He doesn't know any he doesn't know how to behave. I I talk about this about, you know, justice for Donald Trump, John, being, I think, the most loving thing that could ever be given to this man. I mean, he went out after this arraignment. We'll talk in a minute about his visit to Versailles, that cafe right. in, in Miami, which is another thing that I had like direct involvement in 2016 with his visit in 2016 on the cam campaign trail of this cafe. He really? walks out, he doesn't even, um, he doesn't, you know, he says free food for everyone. And he walks out and of course, doesn't buy anybody any food or, yep. um, you know, it's all about him. Just laughing. It's, it's all about the metaphor. It's all about the metaphor. Like I, I view that I view those January sixth rioters as just the latest in a long line of contractors who entered into an agreement with Donald Trump and didn't get what they worked for. That you know, I mean, it's just like this is what he does. He promises people things and then he walks away. And sometimes he gets covered, but the fan base never minds. He's promised a free lunch to a lot of Republicans over the last seven years. Yeah. And don't they, have have they not learned you get nothing in return from this guy? Nothing. But, no, nothing. you might as well be married to him. It's just, <laughs> it, it's insane. I mean, it's just the words mean nothing to him. But how, no. I have to ask you, how, how does it feel knowing that Andy Dick has spent more time in courtrooms than Judge Aileen Cannon? I mean, only only 14 days. She's only been a I judge. Think of courtroom Dick too. I think we, do we both know Andy Dick, too? <laughs> Not very well, but I mean, I know. Him. Well. I'm joking, just in passing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Okay. You know what? Here, wait, well, let's, 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 we're going to skip back to redemption for Eileen Cannon for a minute because I really feel like, first of all, I, I, I'm, I think this woman is feeling the pressure. I, do I think she's I think she's feeling the pressure of the world watching. There have been calls out there for cameras in the courtroom. Allow me to join the chorus. I think that yes. if there was any moment in history for cameras to be in a federal courtroom, it is this one. Uh, you're looking at an article by Victor Xi, young Gen Z um, political progressive activist. Yeah, great, great guy. He joins the voices of people like Lawrence Tribe and um, uh, Jill Weinbanks, Joyce Vance, a lot of, you know, very experienced prosecutors with history in, in you know, Jill Weinbanks, of course, Watergate. There could not be a more, more, a better moment for that rule to be changed than this what experience we're about to have as a nation and as a world. Yes. Transparency is the best disinfectant. I've been fighting for transparency with this NDA, these NDA cases for about seven years. So I know how, how vital it is to getting the truth out there and letting people see what's going on. Um, I think Judge <clears throat> Chief Justice Roberts would have to amend the rules of federal courts to allow cameras in the courtroom, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Supreme mm -hmm. Court should be on TV as well. But I think, 
I think executions should be on TV. I mean, we're paying for it. I think the American people deserve to see where their tax dollars go. Um, but again, I, I hope you're right. I, I often, you know, I often feel like John Roberts does everything with one eye on his place in history, and that's what guides him more than anything. Uh, I fear Aileen Cannon is one eye on her place in history and one eye on the Federalist Society because you know she'd like to have a better job someday. Yeah. Well, let me just shine a light for a minute because Eileen Cannon in her short, short um, stint on the federal bench is not known for being lax on criminals. She um, has actually a record of really issuing some tough sentences for crimes. But for one example, this is out of a political article. Um, she's she's favored consecutive sentences. So instead of um, allowing people to um, sentences to have overlapped for time served. She once she has been in favor of consecutive sentences in November of 2022, she handed down a 175 month sentence to a man who pleaded guilty to carjacking and firearms, a combined 91 month sentence on the first count and is like consecutively an 84 month sentence on the second count. Um, one of her four criminal trials was a two-day proceeding for a defendant charged with threatening and hurling a chair at a federal prosecutor, and she sentenced him to 80 months in prison, consecutive to the 210-month sentence he had already, um, he was already slated to serve. And she, um, you know, she highlighted her own prosecutorial record when she was applying for this judgeship, having prosecuted 41 defendants to conviction as a U.S. attorney. So let's just remind the American American public, our luminaries, let's shine a light on on Judge Cannon's record of being tough on criminals. Okay, sure. There is, no, yeah. there is no reason for her to be any less tough on someone who's endangering national security information from the highest levels of government. Is there? Even if this criminal gave her her judge job, did you ever think, did you ever imagine that one day we'd be having a national debate over whether American judges should be required to recuse themselves from criminal trials of the presidents who appointed them. I never thought we'd get here, but here we are. It is absolutely wild. I know. And and there's that, that's one of those questions. And I'm like, do we have an answer to that? And we just don't have an answer because the founders did not envision this kind of scenario. Well, I mean, but, the, founders envisioned, the founders envisioned that an impeachment was the way to solve these problems because, I mean, they invented impeachment so we wouldn't rely on assassination. Uh, just hasn't come into play yet. Yeah, well, that you can blame that on the feckless GOP for not stepping up to the plate during his presidency and getting this wannabe dictator out of they office. They made all this go away back in 2019. I mean, yeah. Zelensky, they had him dead to rights. They could have made all of this go away. They could have run President Pence for election in 2020. And if he'd failed, they'd have Ron DeSantis with no challengers on the field right now. They just could have spared themselves all of this. Instead, they're going to redistribute so much of the Koch brothers' wealth and lose so many more. I mean, 2018, 2020, 2022, the American people do not go for this right-wing authoritarian strongman bullshit, and they turn out against this agenda in really strong numbers. It's astonishing that the Republican Party, like Donald Trump, could have avoided all of this. Yeah. If they only, John, if they only honored God and not Donald Trump. If they only obeyed the first commandment, it's so simple. It's I know. So simple. I know it's you're right. Living a lie. They're living a lie, but God knows your heart, ladies and gentlemen. He knows your heart. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, 
you know, I don't want to hear Mitch McConnell complain about Trump anymore. It's like you you had so many chances. You, to you just yeah. you just they're all using each other. And I get it. But it's it's a cult of selfishness. You know, that's what the party of Lincoln is. It's it's not the party of Lincoln anymore. It's not even the party of quail. I mean, the party of Lincoln became the party of John Wilkes Booth. Think about it. I mean, just like Jesus's operation was taken over by the Romans who killed him. Lincoln's operation was taken over by the right wing Southern racists who killed him. And now they're stuck in this cycle where they're all just fighting for themselves. Every one of them, Lindsey Graham, Chris Christie, Donald Trump. And, and I keep saying this whole thing's not going to be over until Giuliani and Trump turn on each other because that day's going to come. Eventually, when all you are are out for yourself, you can't form alliances forever. It's going to be like the worst game of Survivor in the end for this. And there's going to be more indictments, too. Where I mean, let's not forget, we're still going to see August yeah. where he might face RICO charges in Georgia. And we still may see Jack Smith bring charges for the terrorism attack on our Capitol on January 6th. Like, there's going to be so many more indictments to come. And he's there going to raise off of all of them. Yeah. Well, money can't buy you happiness and it can't buy you a ticket to heaven either. So just let's be at peace with where, where we are in our hearts. Right. You're not guilty verdict sometimes. No, we're not going to let this happen. We're not. I'm, I, I, I'm going to tell you, John, I won my legal battle against Donald Trump. I annihilated that NDA yes, you did. because of my faith in God, who I define as truth and principle. OK, I so that. I stood I had faith and adherence to truth. It was scary. I, I endured the threat of bankruptcy. I was, you know, treated like a version of a political prisoner or dissident in Trump's administration. But I knew I knew the end was victory for me because I took that side with truth in the beginning and I never moved from it. And I also I also and I see this a little I want to just apply my perspective here a little bit because I see how Jack Smith's team is has been, like we discussed earlier, so deferential to Trump. You know, they, they could have charged him more. They could have asked him for they could have had a detention hearing to have him treated like more like other criminal defendants. Find him to South Florida. They could have. And, and they could have taken away his passport. Um, let's take you know what? We are so embroiled in this wonderful conversation. We almost forgot about our sponsors. Let's take a quick. Yes. <laughs> ben Micellis here. Breathe some life into your own backyard with FastGrowingTrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem, because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts Experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love Fast Growing Trees because I found the Alberta peach tree I was looking for at a great price, and you will too. And with Fast Growing Trees, 30 day alive and thrive guarantee 
you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy fast growing trees customers. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash lights on now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash lights on. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash lights on. Now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsor. Check out some of those trees because we do have to keep the lights on here on Lights On. So even if I get to it late, check out those trees. They are they are a great way to to spruce up your garden and um, get some privacy that you might need from some neighbors who maybe they may maybe MAGA Republicans, but you love them anyway. You just want your privacy, right? And you know what? By planting other trees, you'll increase the clean air in your neighborhood, and that'll piss off the MAGA Republicans. So, <laughs> it's an all win-win all around. But as I was saying, I just, I, you know, in my fight against Trump, my legal fight, I was, I did not ever enter into their games. I was always proactive. I mean, the reason why I was able in the long run to set a precedent against Donald Trump's NDA is because I didn't just handle it defensively in arbitration like the other people did. Right. I, I said, oh, you want to bring me into this arbitration after I've sued you for human rights violations? OK, let me sue you again. Let me sue you again to val invalidate your NDA. I was constantly proactive um, in this fight, and I did not at any point enter into their arena. I did not play by their rules. So that I have to ask you, um, yeah. what advice would you give to Mr. Walt Nauda? who is uh, a guy who used to serve drinks to Trump and his friends at the big table, but now he gets to sit with Trump and his friends at the big table and ride in the car with Trump from the courthouse. And wow, they're real making Walt feel very special and loved and cared for in that community. What advice would you give Walt now, since we know his co-defendant is paying for his attorneys? Yeah, dude, take your life back. Take your life back. No amount of money is worth your soul. I, I would say it would be better to have a court-appointed lawyer at this point yes, than, than the lawyers that are being um, bought for you by Donald Trump. Did you see the post on Truth Social? Trump completely threw him under the bus. He's like, well, Walt would never, Walt packed those boxes for me and he would never put nuclear secrets there on purpose. Threw him under the bus. And this guy hasn't figured it out yet. But I guess neither is Weisselberg. So we'll see how it plays out. It's very sad. It's very sad. I would say I would say take us take your life back, Walt. If you signed an NDA, good chances are we invalidated it for you. So don't worry about that. <laughs> and um, and, you know, this this is you only live this life once. I heard, you know, these media spec speculators talking about, oh, well, Trump's family has probably has probably, you know, promised him protection for the rest of his life if he short, serves a short prison sentence. Give me a break. You know, and this is what I, let, let me just bring this out. I mean, you and I are talking, I'm someone who's come from the other side and people so appreciate that perspective. That's why I do this show. I, I mean, when you have people come clean, if Walt Nauta comes clean, what a bright future is ahead for this hero. man. 
He's a hero. 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 Absolutely. I mean, take take this door that is open for you. Yeah, you made a mistake. You're probably going to have to do some time. You're probably going to have a record. But, but when he's, he's, a, he's a low level guy. He's 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 a loyal soldier. It's not like a, a an unsympathetic character like an Omarosa or a complete fraud like William Barr. I yeah. mean, this is the guy who literally was just taking orders because that was his job. He's the one yeah. who has the best chance of very public redemption and, and very public heroism. Yeah, come come to the light, Walt. Come to the light. We're here for you. <laughs> so one last thing I want to touch on, and you and I are artists, so I think we I think we might have some shared appreciation for this. There there are these artists in Cuba in, who had this song called Patria y Vida. Did you remember he hearing about this, John, in 2021? I did. I did. Um, it was just kind of like a a political anthem against the oppression and repression in Cuba. And there's a new documentary out called The Power of Music, and it's making its rounds in the film festivals right now. Um, one of the, the Cuban regime completely banned this song they um, one of the creators of the song who is a is a Grammy win winner is in prison right now in Cuba um, you know I just don't think a couple of things I mean first of all Donald Trump has so tragically the support of so much of the Cuban community in places like Miami I mean like we were talking about earlier he went to that my, uh, Cuban Cafe Versailles um, yeah. after his arraignment. And I just, I really, and I worked, I was actually involved in, in amping up the human rights language that Trump spoke at, at rallies in 2016 because I was delusional. I actually believed that this was a man who was for human rights. Now I, so, now I so, so clearly understand this is a man who will take away the human rights if he's ever let, let anywhere near the White House again. And his Republican, you know, these fascist friends of his in the Republican Party, they're on the same trajectory. Everything that they're doing across this country to restrict human rights tells us that. Yeah. And they. I mean, liberty is a word they throw around. But, you know, not the liberty to have control of your own body, not the yeah. liberty to uh, decide your own you know, sexual identity, not the liberty to, uh, in many cases, to to have some cannabis for your glaucoma. I mean, you know, we really have to take back these words like freedom and liberty and Christianity uh, from this entire tribe because <laughs> they're not actually fighting for it. And, you know, if you're claiming that you have religious freedom that allows you to discriminate against gay people, um, you suck at religion because Christianity is the opposite of that. Christianity, you are commanded to treat the lowest transgender person as you would treat Jesus. So it's like, I'm just a big fan of taking away their camouflage and not letting them get away with framing everything this way. Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself and love God, two commandments of Jesus Christ, the master yeah. Christian. Yeah, reduce <laughs> the tank too. But, but they, never, they never want to put up the Sermon on the Mount in schoolhouse walls, only the 10 commandments. Yeah, well, we had it. We had an amazing guest here. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, James Tallarico. He's a Texas state representative, and he was actually instrumental. He's very devout Christian, but he was instrumental in just calling out the hypocrisy. And that bill ultimately failed before the legislative session ended in Texas. So I'm very happy for them. <laughs> um, John Fugel saying, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Really, what a pleasure. I can't wait to have you on Sirius XM. 
I can't wait either. We passed each other like ships in the night in Los Angeles this week. But yeah, but I love what I love what you're doing. I love that you're taking your experience and having the grace to, you know, share your growth and share your journey with other people. And I just, I, you know, I, I can't praise you enough. I the only, my only criticism is stop putting yourself down. You're you're doing the hard work, <laughs> and you deserve a lot of praise. You know, you were, I was I was a hostage to an ideology I was born into in many ways um, and nothing my parents imposed on me, just stuff I grew up with. And and then you grow beyond it and you are a real model. And you know that's what I like about Joe Biden as well. If you look at these two people, Joe Biden's proof that old white men can become less racist over time and less homophobic, that old white men can grow and open their hearts and open their minds. Donald Trump is proof that there's old white men who can just be like, I'm set in my ways and I don't care. And, and we have to choose. Are we going to keep on growing and challenging ourselves and being willing to evolve in public? Or are we going to double down uh, and circle the wagons and just be meaner? So I think everything you're doing is filled with grace. I think it's a, a really brave. And I think you're, you're really walking a spiritual path. And I, I just admire it so much. Thank you so much, John. That's, that's the be all and end all is spiritual growth. So hopefully, I, if I'm shining that, if I'm showing that that's what I'm doing, then that's very gratifying to know that that's being seen. And I hope, I hope I'm inspiring it in others. John Fugel saying once again, thanks so much. Rendezvous next week over on your show. And you thank you so much to our luminaries. We love you. Thank you. <laughs>